Renan, we are back. Fat chats for the new year. What's going on, dude? Oh, not much, man. New year, new me, and all that bullshit. We're at a stage now where the listeners were actually asking when Fat Chats was coming back. They were praying for some Fat Chats over Christmas. So I, I honestly, I'm, I'm feeling really, really good about this year podcast. And I feel like we're going to bring some new perspectives to the listeners. We're going to help them get through January blues and all the rest. And of course, you know, the smooth sounds of our voices are just good at any time of the year. So, I mean, really, it's a good welcome back for us. Yeah, I actually had somebody say that uh, the tone of her voice impacts on how their ovaries feel. So, you know, that's <laughs> massive. Fair play. That's, a, that's an honor. That is, that is such an honor. Tell, tell, the, tell them uh, that's greatly appreciated from... Uh, I told them they should probably not, get that check, not at all checked weird. out. I said, I, I, it sounds like a really serious medical condition. So, you know, best of luck. Just, just a tad. I mean, it's, it's the kind of people you'd find down your way, but sure, what can you do? But this is true. This is true. Well, look, dude, um, we, we, we said we'd give it. We were meant to record last week. Schedules didn't match up, mainly my fault. And so we're here. It's this week. We're literally going to release this tomorrow, uh, halfway through January. So we missed the whole, oh, let's jump on and tell everyone how to set themselves up. But look, this point in the month generally is you have two camps going on. So you've, you're going to have people who are mad on their diet and they're still going strong and they're on this crazy health kick that they they feel they need to be on some kind of guilt thing after christmas and then you have the people who maybe started fell off the wagon and they're kind of back to where they were pre-christmas maybe up a few kilos i mean we all enjoyed ourselves so let's start there so for the listeners out there who maybe are on these kind of health kicks, the one thing I'd say to you is you're probably approaching it wrong if you're seeing it as a January, new year, new me, I'm on a new diet, new year's resolution, whatever you want to call it. We've all done it. It's probably not the best. Let's start there. It's definitely not the best. Not that approach. Anyway, it's great. It's a great kickstart and all, but it's like the whole, um, it's like the whole dry January thing that people tend to do. Like, unless you, you drink, a ridiculously unhealthy amount in not even over Christmas but just over the course of the year in general then there's no real need to do it like there's no difference if you're going to have a couple of drinks at the weekend when you're not doing the dog on it and it's the same with people on their new year fitness plan like it's every year without fail I see the same people doing the same things and giving up at the same time come like end of January, start of February. It's just not sustainable. But yeah, man. good starting point. But also, most of them are idiots. That's it. I mean, we'll, we'll just leave it there. Yeah. That's, the, all, uh, that's uh, all from us, listeners. Back Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, that much no, has changed. In, in all fairness, look, I mean, I think we've all done it. And it's definitely, it's 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 more common than people would think in terms of even the people who don't plaster it all over their social media, loads of people start trying. And I suppose we'll go back to Christmas and we, we talked about it a lot in the run-up. I mean, look, hopefully a lot of listeners went out, they enjoyed themselves. They got a few nights out in, you know, a few drinks, a little bit of food, maybe went out for a few meals. The important thing is that there was nice healthy balance between just actually doing what you wanted to do without necessarily feeling the guilt about it. And look, when you're facing in, everything's kind of winding down after Christmas you know, no one, no one really has much to be doing. So I get throwing yourself into fitness. I get throwing yourself, whether it's running, probably not the gym, given that they're closed, but, you know, 
I get throwing yourself into these types of goals, but I mean, it's, it's how you're framing it in your head is how successful you're going to be. If you're looking at this as a temporary solution to undo something, already you're off on the back foot and it, it's the wrong approach to take. Like me personally, I definitely overindulged over Christmas, loved all the food, tried every dessert I wanted to try, had all the much, fucking loved life. But having said that, when looking at the new year, it wasn't the case of saying, look, I need to undo everything I've done or all the food I've eaten or any calorie surplus I might have had. It's more thinking, framing out the year and saying, look, what kind of stuff do I want to achieve this year? Whether it be weight loss, fat loss, fitness wise or anything else. It's about outlining those types of things to yourself. And then what are the habits I can align with these to make this a successful year? I feel like standing up and clapping after that little speech. That was amazing. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, what you said there at the start, I just it just made what's what I thought straight away, and it's probably the most, probably the simplest way to put it. It's a temporary solution to a permanent problem. That's what it is. Like being fat or being unhealthy, being unfit, whatever we look at it. That's a permanent problem. It's not going to change by itself. It's not going to change in general over time unless you do something about it. And a temporary solution of doing something just for January, while it may work, come February or March, you're back in there. You have you still have the problem. You haven't fixed it. You've just like paper over the cracks. Definitely, man. And you know, I think that's the point that people are kind of taking advantage of by be it the diet industry or even by some gyms. It's the idea that, you know, they like to get people on this new year bandwagon. They know they can retain them for a year long membership and they might only show up six times. There's all of these things that these industries can take advantage of. And there's also some really positive people who are just trying to help people out. But the worry is that all of this marketing is getting pushed at anyone with those kind of interests. You know, when it comes down to it, nearly everything you're looking up online, following on your Instagram, it's all tracked. It's all very much sold to different companies and then pushed out. So like me, for example, look, I was pretty slow out the gate in terms of restarting after Christmas. So, you know, it wasn't the case that I was straight off into look, we're instantly in a calorie deficit. We're instantly, you know, bringing everything, you know, binning all the bad food and we're going from there. It was literally small changes, every few days just to make a bit of a difference you know maybe maybe extending a fast a little out to not eat my lunch until two or three in the day so i have a little extra calories to work with for the rest of the day and still enjoying the food that was there stuff like you know just going back to having my morning coffee maybe going for a walk listening to an audio book that's going to reframe the way i'm approaching the day and then as it's gone on you know i've built in maybe a few lower calorie meals like the odd salad for lunch all of these small changes, even just going back to my regular dinners I was eating before Christmas, automatically, it's not the case that I'm overhauling everything. I'm still enjoying things. I still might have the odd sweet here and there. But it's these tiny changes to just align my brain to saying, okay, look, we're getting back on the progress train as opposed to standing still here or maybe even going backwards. And, you know, I feel like that's the key people need to approach it for. Yeah. In a nutshell, it's no point in going black to white like, jumping off the cliff with it just it never works it'll just make it worse in the long run yeah i think though as well like particularly around this time of year and i don't know if you're seeing it yourself but like i've seen so many more people maybe it's just the fact we're all at home i've seen so many more people posting about veganuary now less so in ireland but say just people who would happen to be in the space of joe rogan world carnivore month all this type of stuff 
if we, if just because right, just because it is bullshit anyway, but if we have to mention it, I, I insist we call it the January. The January. Okay, I, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm on because board. Because it's, it's so stupid anyway, might as well give it a stupid name. But you know what I mean? Like this, this stuff is kind of happening and it's, in one sense, like it's it's a dogmatic approach to like the way food is. It almost turns it into religion instead of just being like, look, it's the way you eat. Like if you eat that way and you feel good, I see no issue with that. And I've said it a thousand times before in this podcast. If you feel good eating a vegan diet, if that's those are the types of food that make you feel good, make you feel charged up, make you feel, you know, nourished or anything else, brilliant. But like, don't feel this pressure just because, you know, Tim down the road is doing it and he says he feels fantastic since he bin the milk. Doesn't mean you have to be having black tea and just sitting there miserable with yourself when maybe you just want some, you know, an old steak, breast of chicken, whatever it might be. You know, it, it's not a guilt trip. It's do whatever suits you. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it goes back to like something we've said. I've definitely banged on about this loads before in other podcasts. If you're doing those kind of things for yourself, Grant, go and do them. Don't care what they are or what they consist of, but if you're doing them because someone else is doing them or because you're trying to imitate someone else's results, you're already on a loser. Like, forget it. You might see minimal changes or you might see things, you might think you see things differently, but it's not going to, it's just because it's ultimately not sustainable. You're not doing it for the right reasons. If you, like you said, if you happen to be a vegan, then eating like a vegan in January doesn't make any sense to you because it's normal. It's every day. It's what you do consistently. But if you're somebody who eats meat morning, noon, and night, and then because it's January and there's this the January thing going on, that's a nice way of putting it. Uh, like, well, I just, I, it's, it, it's the same. It kind of ties in with the dry January thing. Not to be confused with dry the January which is a whole different other thing altogether. But yeah, um, a different kettle of fish. You won't even get into that here now. That That's not our no. specialty by any means. <laughs> very, very much so. Uh, but yeah, like, w- why do people go from such extremes just, I don't know, maybe it is to please the crowd. Maybe it is for the audience. Maybe it is so that they can stick their tag on uh, like Instagram and show everyone that they're doing it. And, you know, more power to them. But I would put money on it that 99.9% of those people will fail unless it's something they're doing for themselves and they plan on doing it in the long run and making it sustainable. But, you know, okay, whether like maybe in February, maybe, maybe they're going to go total opposite. Maybe they'll do vegan January and then carnivore February. And then maybe a mix of both in March, which would be like what most normal people do. It's, but, it's just a bit daft to me though. And like, look, I'll be honest, like for my own like personal research, I've tried to eat say a vegan diet and i've also tried a carnivore diet and both for the space of about a month at different points in the year last year and what i found was just it's so restrictive and i think that was the one thing that became perfectly clear it's not down to the health benefits of the food you're eating whether it's completely meat or whether it's a completely vegan diet it's actually just down to you've cut out all the crap you've cut out all the processed food you've cut out every type of probably shitty sweet and crisps and everything that'll fill your gob in a weekend the ice cream or whatever else all of that's gone and so if you're taking the proper approach and you know you're not having i don't know say bacon cheese carnivore fucking omelets or if you're having like some really manky vegan food chances are you're gonna end up in a calorie deficit you're gonna end up doing it that way 
and you know it's the case that you're going to feel better for it but it's not down to those foods it's down to the fact that you're just cutting out all the bad shit and so why does it have to be the dogmatic approach why is it suddenly your new religion why do you have to talk about it to everyone under the sun it's yeah, that, that's uh, very strange that's where i think people get kind of confused especially when they don't know what they're doing and like i said like i said you see minimal cha- like changes probably for the better but because like you said not not the the basis of why you're doing it but because you're inadvertently cutting out stuff that you were having before that was just possibly high calorie or just you know whatever it may have been but like what a miserable existence i will never ever not i would sorry trying to get a message i will never deny food that i like eating life is short like and the world is shit enough to (laughs) avoid food that you like eating i just don't not a hope and now i like i just i can't i can't abide by it and yes of, of course there are some foods that are better than others and there are some foods that are much worse than others but like eat it but if you still want to make progress with other things, then make other little changes. And I mean changes and not sacrifices. I think, I think that's a big part of it. And it, it's all about framing it that way and actually making yourself realize is, like if you're making the change, you're making it for a positive, but it's, it's not for principle. It's not for anything along those lines. And, you know, like it's important that the way you frame things in your mind is how long they're going to last for you. You know, if you're framing things as a, as a, a, something that can be easily broken or something that if you suddenly do the opposite, you're a failure, you're going to be approaching it the completely wrong way. And it's not going to be something that lasts versus building habits that actually will last will stand you 10 times over. But look, I mean, if anything, we're, we're fair on this podcast and we always take a good chance to, to do our research and everything else. Of course we do, Brendan, because because that's what we do here on Fat Chats. So look, I put it out to listeners and I just asked people this about a week and a half ago at this stage because we were meant to record this last week. Mm-hmm. Well, I just said, look, plain and simple. Has anyone tried these? What did you think? And look, what I was happy to see was there was a minimal amount of people who had tried them. And I think, look, that's that's a, that to me shows that the Fat Man Talking Podcast community at least had their head screwed on for the most part. Now, those that did get back to me, um, so I had one person reach out, their professional boxer. How you doing, James? Hope you're keeping well. He said he, he literally eats a, a pretty, pretty standard diet, mainly plant-based with meat. And obviously that's the way he fuels his training. Guy trains very hard, even while he's not able to fight in the ring at the moment, doing a lot of, you know, ultra running and everything else and fair play to him. But what he said is he tried vegan diet for anywhere between three and four weeks. I'm not too sure. And what he found is his performance massively dropped. Now that's not going to happen to everyone on a vegan diet. But what I'd say is this is a guy who was already eating a very healthy diet. So because he went from a very healthy diet onto something like a vegan diet, it wasn't the case that it was a drastic curve. And I think that really shows to me, especially when you're looking at that, that's why if you're someone like, you know, me who could be, you know, 20, 30 kilos overweight versus someone like him who's fit as a fiddle and constantly trains at a high level, eats at a high level, and, you know, is concentrated on their nutrition, that curve and that difference between how you're performing and how you're feeling, it doesn't drastically change because you're vegan. Usually it changes because you're usually eating like shit and feeling like shit. And suddenly you're on something much, much healthier. And so that was the first thing. So like, what do you think of that? Pretty crazy. like. Well, I think it's a, it's a lot different. Like he's in a minority, obviously being a professional boxer yeah. who 
like I, like you said, trains anyway. His diet's controlled anyway. So I would imagine he's doing it for a reason, as in some, like, there, there's, a, there's a specific reason for him doing it as, like, some form of a gain to be made that will benefit his training and his profession from doing that instead of just him saying randomly, I think I'll try this because it's on Instagram. And he's looking yeah. for the, the, the 1% increases in things. And I know nothing about like the benefits or the, the verses of vegan versus other diets. I would imagine there's some things like, you know, nutritional, there's some, there has to be obviously some kind of nutritional value over other diets to doing it. And I would imagine that whatever they may be will match up to like a, a, a half percent or a 1% increase in him being able to do something or run faster or I don't know, you know, I'm just making up shit, but that's, that's such a small, literally minuscule percentage of people that makes total sense because they know what they're doing essentially. Yeah. Or they have somebody who knows what they're doing on their behalf and says, you need to do this. And obviously, look, he's one case. And look, it was, it was great to get that feedback. But even someone like him who performs at a very high level, they actually found this because they were eating mostly plant-based anyway, probably all the benefits they would have gotten from switching over to a diet like that from an unhealthy one wasn't as drastic a change. And really, their performance actually started to drop with, I suppose, the lack of good protein sources and, you know, probably a stark difference in the way they're eating. Maybe the amount of calories they could consume is drastically different when you take out certain foods out of your diet. Now, that from weight loss perspective, for someone who'd be trying to lose weight, that's where you see those stark differences. And that's where you suddenly see that person going, oh, I feel amazing. I'm down however many kilos. But it's a dangerous game to play. Now, outside of him, we had just some some regular listeners. You know, we had some accountants. We had some just standard office job people. They're not professional sports people uh, who try vegan. There wasn't a huge amount in the camp for carnivore. And what they said is, look, in general, I've been eating mostly vegan for the past year or two. Feel good doing it. It's just something that makes me feel not too full. My performance is good. And for what I need it for, it's good. And so these are people with their head screwed on and they're approaching from the point of view of, look, I want to eat this way because I eat a little less. It helps me to just keep on top of my food, have good, healthy sources coming into my body. And they say they feel good doing it. They're able to keep doing it and they maintain it. And so in that sense, like there's no harm in that. And I feel like no one is going to rag on those people and say, oh, why are you eating that way? So, well, obviously they're eating that way because they feel good. And that's, they're not going at it from a crash diet point of view. So Mm. It's okay to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I just wonder how many of them or those kind of people would have, you know, had little or no meat in their diet anyway. Not meat. I'm just using meat as the example. Potentially. I can't imagine that somebody who lives for a nice steak somewhere or cooks a nice steak and it's like, you know, up there with their top meals is going to decide to go on a completely vegan diet for minimal returns. There obviously is people that do it, but that's like I was saying, that like, to go from like the mentality of, oh, I really like this. This is food I enjoy eating. It gives me joy. We're not robots. Like It's not purely fuel, even though I sometimes like to look at it that way. You have to, it, It's there to be enjoyed too. Like So I would, yeah. I would think that that's another like really small percentage of people that 
we'll go from the extremes. I would, I, I would, I don't know. I'm just making this up, but I would imagine that people who do it and stick to it for quite a long time are people who didn't consume a lot of animal-based products in the first place. Well, potentially, man. And you know, if that's the case, if that's your trade-off and you're you're not losing anything from it, I mean, it's like me as a kid. I used to give up bounty bars for Lent because I never ate bounty bars anyway. And exactly. so it was a very easy thing to stay off for 40 days. You know, if it's the case that meat isn't the be-all and end-all of your diet or it's not the food that you massively enjoy, then there's no harm in that. But I suppose, look, we're framing this in terms of a lot of people are vulnerable at this time of year. And it's the case that these types of diets and these types of movements can sweep people up and make them feel as though they're making these drastic changes that are actually, it's like unlocking the keys to this world that you never knew existed of health. And they're suddenly making you feel like you're part of a club. They're suddenly telling you, oh, you're actually a level of performance above everyone else. You know, there's a lot that's said in these kind of, I suppose, movements is what's dangerous. And it, it definitely draws people in. And one particularly I saw today, which is interesting, and it's, it's a separate type of food movement, you know, like eating keto. So, you know, a lot, a lot of people kind of like a low carb kind of fancy way of saying you just don't eat carbs pretty much uh your body goes what, into keto? keto yeah that's like just pure fat diet basically yeah pretty much it's like majority fat little bit of protein and you're trying you're... to get your body into a state of ketosis which is incredibly dangerous uh, if you don't do it right and most people don't do it right but sure look that's what's funny though is most people eating keto don't tend to actually go into ketosis because they knock themselves <laughs> out of it with the smallest thing like a nibble of chocolate or a glass of wine or the smallest things but they feel like oh no this this is the diet i'm eating and you know i feel so much better for it but anyway the point i was making was um one of the previous guests of the podcast lisa marie she she was on a few weeks back and she's had a fantastic weight loss transformation. She's done a serious overall of her health and fitness and fair play to Lisa, 100%. But she actually shared a, just a transformation picture on her Instagram yesterday. And this random like keto page with a few thousand followers screenshotted it, popped it on their own thing and said, started trying to sell keto plans using her pictures. And so automatically you have someone who's posting on their own personal Instagram to maybe try help people out. They have their own health and fitness podcast and all they want to do is spread a message of a balanced approach to fat loss, weight loss, and, you know, becoming a healthier, happier you. And then you have pages like this who are taking that information. They're screenshotting a random transformation. And all it takes is for Tom or Mary to see that on the keto page and say, oh, I need to try keto. I'm going to buy this keto recipe book. I'm going to buy this off this person. And automatically that person's making money off these vulnerable people. These people are going to try it for two or three weeks not see these drastic results that these pages are posting. And then suddenly they're back to square one. They're probably eating worse than ever after that because they feel like so hard done by it. They wasted their money. They wasted their time. They invested so much of their energy into this type of diet and they're worse off for it at the end. And I think that's the risky thing at this time of year. And I feel like if any listeners are tempted by these types of things, I feel like you'd be better to just take just a general look at your diet and say okay what kinds of foods can we bring in to improve things and what things can we maybe cut back on if we need to i think it's very important people look at it more from that perspective than from this idea of i need a branded diet with specific foods that's going to give me this exact transformation or this exact result yeah there's no magic pill like we said that hundreds of times Constantly. if 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 you're if you just want to lose a couple of pounds, a couple of kilos, a couple of stone, whatever it is, just start simple and put yourself in a calorie deficit. 
go and figure out how to do that or get help to do it. There's uh, no end to places where you can learn about it and there's no end to people who might be nice and do it for you or who may charge for it. But it's as simple as that. And you will find with most of the legit people, like whatever they may be, PTs, nutritionists, blah, blah, blah. There's very few of them will recommend a specific diet for weight loss apart from being in a calorie deficit. So that should tell you all you need to know. And man, look, I'll be honest. I, I'm one of these people who has probably fallen for that stuff in the past. And what's actually really funny is if you go to a good coach and you go to someone who knows their shit, you're going to feel really hard done by for the money you spend a lot of the time. Because some like if you're in the attitude of, oh, I really want to, um, you know, I suppose what's the best way to put it? I want quick results. I want to lose the weight very, very fast. I want a specific plan that's just you eat these foods and this is how you lose weight. And so you can take that approach. You can go to a coach and then suddenly what they're going to say to you is, okay, look, we're not going to give you a diet plan. We're not going to give you a complete overhaul. We're just going to start changing your habits. And there's been times where I've gone to coaches and felt like they're taking this much money off me. They won't even give me a diet plan. They won't even help me out in terms of just telling me the exact meals I need to eat and taking the thinking out of it. And then to top it off, they're not even giving me the recipes to cook. So I have to find all this stuff myself. What am I paying them for? You're paying these people, depending on what services they're offering, for different things. You know, some people are paying for accountability. Some people are paying for macronutrient breakdown and people tell them, look, these are the types of foods you should be eating. But it's not about being on a specific diet plan that's super limited. It's about knowing the types of foods that are going to be good for you, that match up with the calories you've been assigned or that are going to get you to your goals. And it's about having a balanced lifestyle so that if it's the case that you're, you know, you're on this healthy eating plan, but you need to go out to dinner at a weekend, you can, you can just either go off plan for a night or you can pick foods that align with the way you're eating and not necessarily feel bad about it, but it doesn't have to be an exact match. It's not about having these cookie cutter exact things in your life that are going to cause fat loss. It's about successful steps over time, gradually building to that. Yeah. And like, it's all out there. I mean, you obviously have to have a certain amount of skepticism because like the internet's a big, bad, dark place and all, but like all the information is there. Like you're essentially, for a lot of people, it boils down to maybe convenience, maybe time, maybe they just don't have that much motivation, which is probably not going to be a good start in the first place. But what you're essentially doing is paying someone else who studied the subject to, to like you said, in an ideal, in an ideal world, teach you about the, the principles of it rather than just giving them to you. But it's all out there, maybe not to uh, such a high degree or such a high level. But like I said, if you're just Joe Soap and you want to lose a couple of pounds, all of the tools to do that are there for free because it's just that small bit of knowledge you need. It's it's the motivation. If, if, you're, if you're not motivated enough to go and spend a couple of hours weeding through different sources on things or, or trying to figure out who the right people are to, to listen to, and not you're probably off to a, a bad start like because that's pretty easy compared to being consistent with diet for four five six weeks once whatever you you're going to be i can see the, the way i look at it basically is like i would never I, I thought i would never even consider like 
uh, coaches or nutritionists or whatever, and I don't use any, I never have, I still don't plan to. But I'm getting to the point now where I'm thinking, if it gets down to the, like we were saying, well, if it gets down to those 1% things, then I would consider it. You know, I like because I've the, the building blocks are there, the principles are in place, and I'm but I'm happy enough with that. But if all of a sudden I want to, I'd say you know like let's say happy or whatever kind of shape you're in, but you want to kind of do some kind of a body recomposition or happy with the strength you're after gaining, but you decide to set yourself a goal of you know lifting X, Y, or Z amount of weight, then maybe you might need like that almost semi-professional or professional advice from somebody who can actually get you to that point. But you're like, by the time you get there, you're, you're pretty much done with, you, you understand the whole lot of it. So I don't, I don't think, Oh, it's, this is, this, this will be controversial, but I don't think those people who are signing up for like coaches and PTs off the bat and say, Oh, I want to lose five, six, seven stone. Like, I, I can't see, basically, are you paying them to get you motivated or are you paying them to, to teach you stuff that you can figure out yourself? Maybe it is a motivation for a lot of people, maybe it is the accountability, but I still don't think that's a good starting point for it to be long-term. I, th- I think there's definitely, like, there's there's positives in both camps there. And I feel like, look, it, it depends on what your goals are, like the services you decide to take up or, you know, the approaches you decide to take, whether they're extreme or light or anything else. Like it's important to realize, like if you're, you're happy tipping along now and, you know, bits of progress building up over time at a slow rate, that's great. And if someone wants something, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a composition a body composition goal that they have and they want to seek the help of an expert, that's fine. But, you know, a lot of people, it's all about the reasoning you're doing things is how you're actually going to stick to it. You know, like people go to a PT because they want that accountability. If that's why you're going brilliant. If people want to take the, you know, like a lot of people, they might be absolutely branded after their working but week. Are they not the same people then who you see going back time after time from different PT to different PT because they're not doing not it for always. themselves. Not, not always, always, but the majority are. You, you get those, are. you get those, small number of people who see the changes and they have that eureka moment and think like this is it and then they make that it's like that the thought process changes i'd say entirely but like i'm just i'm just thinking off the top of my head about people that i would know who and it is literally that it's it's jumping from one thing like whether it be diets or pts or training plans whatever but it's going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing because they're not invested really in any of them they're not they're, they're they don't have the drive to do it and it's great like it is it's great if you sign up to a pt somewhere and he instills that in you but there's still the majority of people then it is the day it finishes it's it's great like oh i can do this without them and then four months later you're you're slowly going back to the the, the way you got or the way you started because you weren't doing it for the right reason in the first place it, that's it though it's down to like having the right reasoning behind you for taking these steps and it's also yeah. about sometimes you do find the wrong people and you know i i hired a coach a few years back and we worked together for 
I don't know, anywhere in between. I think it was about three and five months. And, you know, it, it really progressed me. But one of the biggest things he instilled in me is he said to me, look, it's not about getting to a weight loss goal. It's not about, you know, doing things a certain way. Is What I want to bring into your life is that you have and you know the balanced way to approach things. And what he said is if it ever gets to the stage where I was coming back to that guy, two years down the line, three years down the line with the same goals and the same problems, then he would have failed as a coach. And like, that's the big thing is like a lot of these people want to retain clients and want them keep coming back versus other people want their work to stand out and to get new, a constant flow of different people year in, year out. And I think those are very different types of PTs and those are people who are good at their job and people who like to take advantage of maybe vulnerable people. And there's both in every, in every career. It's not just PTs. It's not just nutritionists, but it happens, man. It's part and parcel of it. It is. And it may be controversial to say, I don't really care, but I find that a lot of those PTs who work in places in large scale hotels or gyms are those kind of, I don't know what nice way I can term this. They're, they're, they're doing it as a job. They're doing it to get their, their money at the end of the week. They don't give a shit if you come back in six months or eight months or nine months. Like I, I actually was talking to somebody over Christmas and they were talking about one of those kind of places in the city. Uh, it's a hotel with its own like leisure center, gyms, you know, set up. They have PTs there. You sign up for a fucking outrageous amount for the month. And they provide this, you know, like training, plat- you know, tailor training service. Whereas what it is, is you're, you're given a sheet of stuff to do when you, give, when you come in, like exercises, depending on what you want to train. They're not tailored to you. They're just, you go in and say, oh, I want to train legs. And they give you this basically like flick through your old next there for legs handed to you they don't they do the opposite they're, they're those people who give you the eat this for breakfast eat this for lunch eat this for dinner eat them at these times don't eat this uh, you know if you want something nice have this and they also are generally the people who and uh, this person I was speaking to this is the, all the same place they uh, insist uh, weekly they insist on weekly weigh-ins uh, on Mondays so so basically they pressure on you to go on a specific day and then when you go they weigh you and that's every week and it's noted like it's like like it's the be all end all and I'm thinking like I think it was I think they were saying it's 99 euro a month something along those lines so well over a thousand quid a year for absolute bullshit and the person that I was talking to about it it had been doing it for six months and they're slowly realizing this isn't for me. And it's, I was thinking it's, like, it's restricted. Oh. Though, man. It's, it's like any gyms that take that kind but, of approach or any people that take that kind of approach to restrict people like that and to guilt people like that. It's not the same madness. as someone who's actually teaching. Like it, what's really funny is like, I don't know if you follow James Smith much, but look, I'd, I'd follow a lot. I've read both of his books. I follow a lot of the posts and I, I think the guy makes a lot of sense. I feel like we're on the same wavelength at times in terms of the kind yeah. of stuff James Smith talks about, but particularly when he talks about his time working in um, a commercial gym in Australia is he just called it plain and simple. It wasn't about helping people. It was about hitting a sales target. They had to convert yeah. however many clients on the gym floor per week. They had to make sure that they had however many PT slots booked in a week. Like these people who are accountable to a big organization are not worried about the little guy. They're worried about keeping their job, keeping their paycheck, keeping their hourly wage. And it's the same as anyone who's selling pharmaceuticals, IT software, whatever it might be. It's the same thing. 
that compared to someone who has their own business with their own name on it, who has their name over above the door and wants to take care of their clients. That is a big difference. And I feel like if you're looking for help at the moment and you're looking for, you know, someone to sign up with, who's actually going to help you look for people like that. And like, I, I know some great PTs out there. I've had many of them on the podcast. And the one thing I'd say is I'd stand over them and their work ethic because they're actually trying to look out for their clients. They're not looking to just run people through the door, give them a diet plan and shoot them out the other side. You know, there's people who actually want to work with people and see people succeed, whether it's for professional sport or for performing on some kind of a fitness competition stage or, you know, just looking good for your wedding, whatever it is. Like there's people there who can help you do that without taking advantage of you. And I feel like that's that's one of the biggest factors is, is what people miss. There's completely different goals for a lot of these people in what they want from a client. Well, that was the whole, that was literally the point I was going to make was don't. Okay, there is exceptions. There always is. But if if you uh, if you want to make legit changes like that and you need help to do it, stay away from the big gyms. Stay away from the hotel gyms. Use them. Like what I mean. What I mean is stay away from them for your information, for your basically for your everything. Wouldn't use and abuse them. Basically, wouldn't use their equipment. Like you know, pay as you go somewhere, or if you're if you just want to do that, but. I don't think you can underestimate the value of somebody putting their name out there and saying, this is my business. It's what I do for a lot of them. It's their livelihood. They don't, it's full time. So ultimately if they, if they're shit, if they're no good, they go to business, they're on the dole essentially, you know, to look at it in extreme ways. So your success is to their benefit. So they are going to be genuinely invested. Whereas like you said, these places like that I was talking about, Jesus Christ, they're like the cesspit of people. I, I I don't like those people anyway, those kind of people that will do that, but you might. And then, like, I suppose there's very, I don't know, because I've never used them. I, you've, uh, like you said, you've sp- spoken to a few of them. You've had them on podcasts. I can't imagine there's too many of those kind of guys that are charging any, you know, way more than, say, 100 quid a month for those kind of services that you'd pay for, like, in a gym. I, I, I don't know. I can't imagine it is. I think it's all just dependent on the kind of services someone's providing. And I feel like if you're, if you're a number out of however many hundred clients and you're getting the same plan as a hundred other people, regardless of your height, your weight and what specific, specific to your goals, you're not going to see the results compared to someone tailoring their stuff to you. And I feel like that's just a big part of it. I suppose put, just before you went like that, if you're looking, like you said, if you're looking for someone like that and you go on like Instagram seems to be the, the place for it all anyway. But if you find somebody and you think, I wonder if they're good, those guys who are really good and girls who are really good, they'll have all those success stories on their page. Like it, it won't be them. It won't be pictures of themselves in good shape. It'll be pictures of tens or hundreds of people with, and like, like obviously like good business, they ask people to write reviews. They ask people to leave feedback and the people who genuinely bought into it and benefited from it, you, you I've, I've read them, like they sing their praises from the rooftop. So like that's the power of, of, of you, you're literally looking at somebody who maybe is in the place you want to be in six or eight or 12 months time. So take your word for it. Exactly, man. You know, it, it's not the case that you should be going for like, obviously someone someone being in good shape in that sort of a job it is an indicator into what they're interested in but like you also don't yeah. know like if you see a pt who's out of shape you don't know whether they're injured you don't know whether they're just maybe a personal mm-hmm. things going on but like that doesn't mean that they they don't know their stuff the important thing is to look at how their clients are doing what they're doing with their clients and that they're actually standing over 
legitimate transformations and not just stealing people's transformation picks like that keto page I was talking about earlier. It's you know, it's, yeah, it's don't drastic. mind don't mind the people don't mind don't mind the people. Like you said, it's a good indication, obviously, if they're in good shape to look after themselves. But like, I don't know. Look at Fat Ronaldo, the like football player. <laughs> like you know, he was called Fat Ronaldo for a reason. He, he you know. But even when he was in his worst shape, or like some Maradona, say after their skills, like the knowledge they have, the power—it's unreal. It's it, it's no reflection on what they know or what they could impart. So yeah, everyone I'm, in the fat community benefited from Fat Ronaldo being Fat Ronaldo. I, has to be said. I, I, I bought the Real Madrid jersey on holidays while I was there and thought, I'll, he'll be Fat Ronaldo. I'll be Fat Brendan. Together, we'll take over the football world. Hands down. Now, look, man, just as a closing off, I suppose, look, we've hit a lot of good points there. I hope if anyone does have any questions on how we're approaching January, look, we, we've spoken about it a thousand times, you know, it's, it's the usual stuff, but by all means, shoot them our way. That's no asshole. But look, um, like that when Shane puts up his fancy text boxes and asks for your feedback, by all means, like we love feedback that tells us we're wrong in something or that we were wrong about a topic or that's not the right information. Knowledge is power to us too. And if... We'll always bring up those topic discussion points, whatever they may be. I love proving people wrong anyway, but, you know, more the barrier. And, you know, a little bit of debate. But, I mean, just more kind of quite funny stuff. But, like, the past week, are you getting random fitness advertisements coming across your Instagram? Because I am getting some absolutely daft ones the past week. I'm loving it. Like, the, the amount of bullshit that's been thrown at me from random, you know, Instagram algorithms trying to send me advertisements for fat loss shakes, weight loss green tea. Um, the best one, and this is the one I had to highlight you because obviously, look, two of us work a regular office job. We're working from home at the moment. We're sitting at a desk eight, eight and a half hours a day. I found the perfect fitness equipment for us. Instagram showed it to me in an advertisement. I'm going to get us both one. It's going to be fantastic. It's an ab machine that you sit down with. It wraps around your belly. You can get an extender if you're super fat. And it literally vibrates your tummy to make you get a six pack. No exercise, no calorie deficit. Am I selling you the drink? Sounds pretty damn good, doesn't I'm, it? I'm, I'm immediately take, shut up and take my money. Exactly. I mean, hands down. So look, uh, if anyone is looking to purchase some ab machines, myself and Brendan will also be using them and selling them. Uh, you can hit us up at any time. Uh, yeah. Just kidding, obviously. Uh, but look, thanks so much for tuning into Fat Chats. Brendan, any closing statements, any arguments to make before we go? Feel free. No. I don't feel like you've had enough controversy, so I give you the floor. No, I'm I'm trying to start off on a, you know, I have to leave myself room to peak during the year. I don't want to start off at the top. Uh, I'm sure there'll be other topics that come up uh, over the next couple of weeks that will pique my curiosity and cause offence to people, as have has happened previously. But uh, you know, it's part and parcel of the gig, isn't it? Happens, and you know, for anyone who doesn't like swearing. It's just going to keep happening. I'm sorry. We, we don't actually swear that explicit. much. We don't swear as much as we did in the first few episodes. But I mean, it, no. they are going to slip in every now and then. And we're, we're sorry about that. But it, it's just, it's the way it is. It's the way we Two speak. things. Apparently, swearing is a sign of intelligence. And I'm also going to say that it's, it's, a, it's a sign of our passion and commitment to the podcast. that we get so worked up about things and topics we're speaking about that the odd little swear word just slips in there. Exactly. So listeners, we'll leave it at that. As always, feel free to shoot us any questions when I drop a question box on Instagram. Like, subscribe, do all the usual bits. And of course, thanks again for tuning in. Thank you and good night.